All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season seven, episode 28 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me are the boys. We got Dylan D. Berthium, Michael Biebs Bondi. How's it going, gents? Doing great. Um, we addressed it before the show, but all our hockey teams have either blown a lead tonight or are getting absolutely pumped by the Phoenix Coyotes. Cough, cough, Detroit Red Wings. Um, put one but, in the uh, Phoenix jar. Yeah, at Arizona. Yeah, it's, oh my. I was thinking that the other day. I was like, we uh, remember this podcast is so old. We had a Phoenix jar. Um, we used yeah. to have a swear jar too, and I yeah. just filled it up. And then now I just gave up on that. <laughs> yeah, no, Brock beliefs. had to remortgage his house. Um, viewer we're doing good. Is advised. Yeah, we're doing good because both D and I's teams can still win. But Brock, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to throw in the towel tonight. D, D how, how you doing? doing? Happy to be here, boys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we are not together tonight. We are. Uh, D's out of town, so we decided to do an episode over Zoom. So here we are, um, and we now live in a world StreamYard. where let's, let's, the... let's give the credit where it's due. Streamyard. Oh yeah, Streamyard. Sorry, not Zoom. Streamyard. Um, <laughs> because nice. of Banjaj, just scored a goal. D shorthanded as well. He so. got his first fantasy point of the night on a <laughs> eleven, 11 game slate. <laughs> but um, yeah, we now live in a world where the Arizona Coyotes are an offensive juggernaut. Um, Coming Duh. into this evening, they were averaging 3.6 goals for per game, 
in their last nine games. So far, they've put up a touchdown um, in two periods against the Detroit Red Wings. Now they're averaging 4.3 goals per game over their last 10. Um, Nick Schmaltz followed up a seven-point game. He currently has four points through two periods. Greatest player Um, alive. So he has 11 points in his last two games, which is unbelievable. Um, But the, the most unbelievable moment of that game happened on the first shift, which we just need to talk about really quickly because it's so hilarious, but obviously Phil Kessel has an incredible Iron Man streak going, uh, <laughs> but he, him and his, I, I don't even know if it's his wife. I'm assuming it's his wife um, are expecting or, or, or having a baby basically. And he flew all the way to Detroit to play one shift. He almost scored. He registered a shot on goal, almost scored left the ice, got fist bumps from all the boys. Then the Coyotes had a private jet ready to take him back to Arizona to be with his, I believe, wife for the birth of their child. Unbelievable stuff there. Like, it's just so hilarious that... Are we sure the initial plane didn't leave before she went into labor? Like, do you maybe think he was already in Detroit and then they found out? I don't know. Like, it's like the, the way I read it, it sounded like the ownership group of the coyotes had a private jet ready to go for him specifically that makes sense but the idea that they flew him out to detroit just to fly him back seems a little outrageous oh no he came with the boys and then they just like they it was only a one-way trip that they had to pay for like he didn't get like a private flight in i don't think no i think he just showed up with the boys and it's like all right we got to get him back but he's got to play one shift it's just it's the most like phil the most Phil Kessel energy like ever, like that whole situation is just so Phil, but I guarantee um, you, he didn't stretch for a second going in that game. He's like, fuck it. I got one shift boys. Honestly, it looked like he just couldn't have cared less. He was just floating, <laughs> which is like not really entirely different from what Phil yeah, Kessel does on the normal. Shift, I don't know like, if he ever stretches before games, <laughs> yeah, so true. but uh, it was just a hilarious situation. And, uh, and yeah, like Twitter was just on fire. Cause it was just so hilarious, but um, okay. To the more important stuff the the yeah. fantasy stuff um yeah. congratulations to phil kessel but um but nick schmaltz has 11 points in his last two games yeah um coming into tonight he had well now he has 30 points in his last 20 games tonight would be his 20th game so he's got 30 points in his last 20 games um he's playing almost 18 minutes a night like yeah. 30 points in his last 20 games that's that's absurd even if you take out those two crazy games, he was having a really good period. I was actually surprised even before the seven point night the other day, he was on, I think he had eight points in his last seven before that. So it's like he realistically should have been added two to three games ago before that. So it wouldn't have been weird for people to have him in their lineup. And then you realize that it's Arizona, but what a week changer. Imagine getting a seven spot putting on, put on you by Nick Schmaltz. Like if I looked at my lineup on a Saturday, I'm having like the greatest day with the fellas. I look at my lineup and I see Nick Schmaltz put up a seven on me. That's a, that's a day changer, but yeah, no, this guy's solid. Like you said, he's getting the ice. We're seeing that with a couple guys in Arizona and uh, I don't know if he's available, obviously grab him because he's not going to be by tomorrow or maybe he will. Cause nobody wants to touch him right now. It's still incredibly low. Like, what is he going into today? I think he 26% was 26% owned 20. coming into today. Um, sorry, 17% owned. I was looking yeah. at somebody else. 17% owned coming into today. Um, yeah, realistically for him, like he was spending a lot of time at the start, middle of the season um, on like the fourth line, bottom six, 
And then they moved him up to the top line with Clayton Keller and Travis Boyd. And it's really kind of turned things around. Clayton Keller um, also, you know, seriously underowned as well. Uh, He's just having an outstanding year and uh, moving Schmaltz back up. There's really kind of changed things for him. And, you know, this is a guy that we, we, we've seen be fantasy relevant in the past. And then, you know, really did absolutely nothing a season ago. Uh, He only had, well, he had 32 points in 52 games a season ago, but, 45 points in 70 games in his first year in Arizona. Also had 14 points in 17 games after the trade. Had a big year in, in Chicago back in 2018. Like, he's been a guy that's been kind of around it for a while. But, uh, you know, now he's point per game on the season or will be maybe just under a point per game um, on yeah. the season. Yeah, I was going to say, as much as we make, like, a big deal about guys like Jesper Bratt being underowned. um you know, got Matt Boldy, guys along those lines, we can almost make that big of a deal here about Clayton Keller. 49% owned in Yahoo leagues. It, it kind of blew my mind to see that less than 50% of leagues have this guy on their team. And that's after, you know, in his last nine games, this guy has six goals, seven assists before tonight. That's 13 points in nine games. He's playing over 21 minutes a night on average. He's just eating all, all important ice. Um, the fact that people are afraid of this guy, he's getting over three shots a game. It's uh, it, it's wild. So I think uh, even this is someone we can throw right in there with those crazy under owned free agents that we're seeing there. Um, and another guy, if you grab now, like this could help you so much for the playoffs. I think Keller should honestly be owned in any league that's like ten or less. Um, I know there's a lot of guys that are are dabbling with people that aren't point per game guys who are scoring, you know, twenty on pace for thirty plus goals. So definitely add Keller now I don't know what's going on here with his own percentage I think like people just skip over his name or something including Um, his two assists tonight uh, which would give him 19 in his last 28 Uh, combine that with 17 goals he has 36 points in his last 29 games so well over a point per game dating back to the middle of December do you anything else to add here on Clayton Keller Nick Schmaltz you know like I said we live in a world where the Coyotes are a legitimate scoring threat at this point in time yeah, no, I I think, um, I mean, earlier today when I was prepping for the show and looking at Schmaltz in particular, um, the one thing he really has going against him is just obviously we're getting pressed up right up against the end of the fantasy hockey season, especially the fantasy uh, or the regular season for fantasy hockey. So, um, you know, you have to get kind of pretty cutthroat and really pay a lot of attention to the schedule in terms of when you're making these pickups and how many games can you actually fit this guy in. Um, cause the coyotes play obviously tonight, uh, on Tuesday, but then they also play Thursday and Saturday this week, which are, uh, two pretty busy slates as is. So my initial thought was, you know, maybe hold off on adding him until they, uh, I think it's a Sunday, Monday, Friday, Saturday, or, or Sunday, Monday, Saturday, Sunday schedule for them next week. So a little bit uh, friendlier in terms of streaming and, and certainly being able to get him into your lineup. But now, uh, after another huge effort, it yeah. feels like one, you're not going to be able to obviously wait it out to the weekend and, and two, um, I feel like I want him in my lineup on Thursday now. And, I, you know, with just how well he's playing in the moment on, on top of the fact that he's getting all the minutes and all the opportunity at 5v5 as well on the power play, it feels like uh, at least right now in the, in the, you know, in the short term with how hot he is, you need to find a way uh, to get him into your lineup, even on these busier slates later this week. Yeah, and uh, the one thing I guess is worth mentioning is that game on Thursday is in Toronto, which normally you would look at, at, you know, maybe not the best matchup, but that's certainly a team that has struggled to keep the puck out of the back of their net lately. Um, You know, maybe you leave them on the bench in in Boston on Saturday, but then when you take a look ahead to next week, as you mentioned, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, so you know that there's a couple opportunities where you're going to be able to get them into your lineup, and that's not even to mention that on Monday it's in 
in Ottawa. Great matchup. Tuesdays in Montreal. So even though it might be a busier Tuesday slate Damn. in Montreal, certainly a good matchup. Saturday, probably even on the bench if you'd want against the Penguins, but then Sunday in San Jose. So next week, uh, a huge streaming target. Um, you know, obviously if Keller's available in your league, you know, he, he should be picked up as well. But uh, Nick Schmaltz, based on the schedules, you know, lines up as a great streaming option for the next couple of weeks uh, with some really, you know, cushy matchups on the schedule. Um, followed up the following week, he's got a Friday, Sunday schedule as well, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday. So another couple opportunities to be able to get him in your lineup here for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Clayton Keller as well. Both guys just on absolute tears right now. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, it's a world in which that the, the Arizona Coyotes are scoring goals at will, which... I certainly did not have that on my bingo card for 2022. No. Um, super big mention too, Brock. Uh, something I'm noticing happening these last couple of days is that a lot of people are going after Zach Sanchenko um, out in San Jose. That's the new goalie that's filling in for James Reimer. Or they're even adding Stalock. Uh, guys, just stay away from this one. Uh, we saw what happened over the weekend. You know, Reimer was playing great. What he was doing was awesome, but I don't think you want to own a San Jose goalie. It's just a very alarming trend. You mentioned Arizona's going there. Um, and uh, with them scoring, I just I don't love the trend I'm seeing here. Unless yeah, I just really don't know if I trust Zach no, not at Sachenko all. or Alex Daylock nearly enough playing behind a, a a Sharks team that is just absolutely dreadful. Right Daylock gave so. up an eight spot in his first game, um, and it was only his sixth game, I believe, since COVID or something like that. It was so, first start of the year, yeah, yeah. yeah first so. NHL start. Well, he had uh, he had an issue like coming off of COVID as well that kind of basically put his NHL future at risk and he was able to battle back in the NHL so it's good to see him make that return to the NHL but then he was welcomed back with an eight spot you just hate to see that um okay moving on now so again uh we didn't really talk about what we're going to talk about on today's show it's not going to be all about the Arizona Coyotes but um you know (laughs) the last couple weeks I think we did a pretty good job prepping you guys for the uh, fantasy hockey trade deadline, which for in most cases is probably this evening. So obviously we can't really talk about that anymore. So we're just going to turn our attention back towards the waiver wire a little bit. Um, you know, hopefully you were able to make some trades to help solidify your roster. And on today's episode, we're really going to take a look at the waiver wire, basically from 35% down um, to try and really make, um, you know, some key ads for you that can really help solidify the roster even more. So, uh, after some of the big trades, hopefully that you were able to pull off. Uh, Mason Marchman is somebody that we talked about uh, a little bit in a negative light in the past, and more so just because the opportunity wasn't there. Uh, playing a lot on the third line, his shooting percentage, his on ice shooting percentage were both just through the absolute roof, um, and, and you know regression was bound to hit. But one thing that we said, or, or, or that can offset regression, is opportunity and moving up the lineup and playing with guys like Alexander Barkov or Jonathan Huberto. And that's exactly what's happening with Mason Marchment. He was actually bumped from the top line tonight in favor of Maxim Mammon. It's basically <laughs> whenever Mammon gets into the lineup, he plays with Barkov for whatever reason. Um, Lundell's hurt, but as soon as Lundell's back, I think they'll go back to that same configuration where they've got Marchment on that top line with Barkov. But anyways, um, 34% owned left wing, right wing eligible. He has 23 points in his last 14 games, 11 goals, 12 assists, 23 points in his last 14 games. The playing time, certainly an issue, 14 minutes, but it's come up obviously a little bit since being moved um, to the top line with Barkov. So the last couple games, a little bit better. And uh, and just a guy that's been been outstanding, just a monster, huge reach. Him and Barkov on the ice together, 
they, they just look like absolute units. They're both just humongous. Uh, incredible reach. They look very difficult to play against, and they've been very effective together thus far. So, um, you know, obviously, like we said, we, we weren't we were maybe a little hard on him earlier when he was on the third line, but now that he's in the top line, there's a lot to like here. I can't believe this guy's doing what he's doing. He didn't even put up a point per game while playing in the OHL. So um, just wild to see this happening in the NHL. Um, I I don't know. I don't don't have much more to say about Mason. Like you said, it'd be great to see him get a little bit more ice out there, but um, everything he's, he seems to be that guy where, you know, it looks like all things should slow down and then he just continues to prove us wrong. So before I shoot myself in the foot again and say, you know, don't grab Mason Marchman or something like that. I mean, you, you, you almost have to just, ride it while it's hot it's crazy only 34 as well right now yeah he's certainly you know he's been an anomaly it's hard to kind of buy into uh his production just based on everything that you mentioned brock but first and foremost it's just the, the ice time right like it's yeah like literally Scary. no one is holds any sort of fantasy relevance in 12 man leagues playing 13 14 minutes a night so the fact that he's been able to do that even just over the last month is really impressive and i think just a testament to the kind of upside he could offer if he was able to make his way into the top six and you know not just get top six minutes but minutes on a team like that with you know surrounding talent the likes of barkov and and huberto so um but yeah that's the biggest issue right now right like it's obviously not that solid of a role um but still just with how well he's been playing and, and even the production he's been giving on the third line uh i i think you just have to pick him up right now if he's available um if you know he continues if he doesn't bounce back up on the top line continues to roll on the third line and the production dries up i, I wouldn't hesitate to drop him because he is you know still only playing when he's on the third line 13 14 minutes a night um but yeah like i said in the interim he's just been way too good uh clearly has a hot stick going right now and if he's at all able to hold down any sort of uh minutes or roll with barkov uh you know it's really <laughs> it's hard to say exactly what the limit would be yeah, looking ahead here uh, against the Flyers on Thursday in Los Angeles on Sunday. So a couple nice matchups coming up. Um, this is the one thing that really kind of stood out to me that made me laugh when I was doing some research on Mason Marchment coming in. Um, so at this moment in time, 34 points in his first 31 games of the season, missed some time due to injury. Those numbers are almost identical to what Johnny Gaudreau put up in his first 31 games of this season, which is just mind-boggling, right? In his first 29 games, so up until the the uh, the up until New Year's Eve, um, Johnny Gaudreau 12 points, 21 assists, 33 points in 29 games. So he's putting up Johnny Gaudreau like numbers here, which is just baffling. Uh, the shot volume, the, that time on ice are both obviously red flags and things that that pretty much the same get, build. Yeah, that gave us uh, pause with him earlier. But yeah, moving up with Barkov certainly um, kind of just moves the needle enough for me to be like, hey, let's just see where this goes for sure. Um, Okay, next up, Matt Boldy, somebody we just talk about basically every single week. So we're not going to spend too much time on him. I just want to, you know, just kind of reiterate that he's still under 30% owned. He's 29%. He's still playing over uh, almost 16 and a half minutes a night on that second line with Freddie Gaudreau and... um, Kevin Fiala, they've been very, very good together. Their underlying numbers are almost identical to what you get out of Minnesota's top line, which routinely night in and night out is productive. So you'd imagine that second line will continue to be just as productive. He has 20 points, nine goals, 11 assists in his first 23 NHL games. Uh, really sh- uh, really strong 2.6 shots per game as well. So no real red flags here for, for Matt Boldy. Still on the top power play unit as well. Um, I don't know if you guys have too much more to add. It's basically the same kind of rinse and repeat here with this guy. The own percentage you know slowly 
climbing up, but still not really to the, the level that we really want to see it. Um, next up is Anthony Mantha. Just a quick show. It was somebody we talked about maybe picking up before he came back and stashing him. Um, early returns, not, not great, but he is playing on the second line with Nick Backstrom and TJ Oshie. Uh, you would imagine that would be a setup that would be lucrative for him uh the problem is the capitals really can't score they certainly can't score at 5v5 the power play hasn't even been very good either um so they're kind of a team that is a little bit scary right now to own basically anybody from because ovechkin hasn't been great lately backstrom certainly hasn't been all that strong um what world are we living in that we're suggesting arizona players and it's like yeah stay the fuck away from washington guys um the one team you could depend on for goals the last you know, whatever. 20 years. Yeah, something's <laughs> got to change, right? I mean, something's got to flip over there. Now, you got to assume Mantha is going to be a part of that. You would think so, yeah. So, again, he, he was off for, uh, like, four months. So, it, it's going to take him some time to kind of get back into the swing of things here. Um, but he's played two games so far. Only has three shots on goal, playing about 15, 16 minutes a night there. So somebody worth, you know, monitoring more so than anything. I don't think he's somebody you need to rush to the wire to pick up. I don't think anybody else, like, now that he's back in the lineup and the open percentage is only at 28, that's not going to go up unless he starts producing. So yeah, I'd rather have every guy we've mentioned so far. For sure. Yeah, I just, I think he's definitely somebody worth monitoring because he's somebody that we've seen, you know, have 30 goal upside in the past, but it's just, you know, uh, not quite 30 goal upside, but close. They do play... uh... Tomorrow night, Wednesday, and then Friday as well. So you could actually stream them if you're not sure about them, get a couple games out of them this week and then see where he's at after Friday. Yeah, and Edmonton, Vancouver, half decent matchups there as well. Um, could do on, a lot worse. You, for sure. Um, and yeah, tomorrow there's only two games. So you're going to have, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to get the extra game. He's going to get picked up tomorrow. So. Uh, Robert Thomas, again, somebody else that we talk about a lot. You're not going to get any goal production out of him, really, but he has 10 points in his last 10 games, only including three goals, but uh, only 1.8 shots per game. So certainly a, a pass-first player, but he's playing north of 18 minutes a night. He plays almost exclusively with Vladimir Tarasenko, which if there's a player in that lineup that you want to play with, that's the guy. Um, tonight, he's also with Jordan Cairo. It's a very good-looking line. It's a line that averages over 30 scoring chances, four for 60. They've been very solid. You just got to kind of know that you're not going to probably get a whole lot of gold production out of him, but somebody the three of us really like, somebody that we've talked about plenty on the show this season. Oh, it's uh, it's crazy. Like, this guy is just six points off of a point per game. Like, that's uh, that's wild production. And, I mean, you could easily have fit this guy in all year and just left him in your lineup and been fine with it. Um, no, I like Robert Thomas. He's, it's proven. It keeps working. Why not? Um, if you need assists and points, there you go. Yeah, I think, I mean, it certainly depends on uh, your league and, and your scoring format, yeah. but uh, I certainly feel that assist production tends to be pretty underrated when it comes uh, to fantasy hockey. And, and Robert Thomas um, this season is, you know, just about as good of an example as that is you'll ever come across. Because, yeah, you can really just kind of put him down for an assist every other game this season uh, and know he's going to come through. So, yeah, now he's at the point where it's every, you know, 80% of games. It's wild. Sure. Yeah, almost, you know, eight power play assists as well, so he can contribute in that category uh, as well. If if that's a, a category in your league, he, um, you know, the Blues power play has been struggling as of late, but um, he's certainly a fixture on one of their units. They kind of balance them out evenly, but um, he can chip in there as well. Okay, next, uh, Jakob Verona, 26% owned, made his season debut tonight on the second line with Pius Suter uh, and Tyler Bertuzzi. He scored so far. I think he has a goal on three yeah. shots through two Power periods. Uh, we'll see what he can do 
in the next period, probably going to score three more and make this a seven, four hockey game. Cause that's what Bronner sure. does four goal games only. But uh, just remember eight goals, three assists, 11 points and 11 games after being traded to the Red Wings last year, 2.9 shots per game, uh, a volume shooter, a guy that we liked a lot when he made, when he got traded there. If you know, we saw his ice time basically go from about 14, 15 minutes to over 17 in Detroit. Um, he's going to get plenty of opportunities to play next to, you know, pretty talented players in the Red Wings top six. Uh, it's good to see him return into that role, return onto the, the second power play unit. Could he work his way on the top power play unit remains to be seen, but really um, I, I think he's a guy that you can really pencil in here for about 25 goal pace um, down the stretch here. And I think that's being probably pretty modest, but like you can, you can pick him up and it's hard to find 25 goal pace here um, down the stretch on the waiver wire. So I, I think you can get that with him plenty of shots on goal as well. Um, you know, maybe if you pick up him and Robert Thomas, you'll have like one unbelievable player, tons of goals, tons of assists. Just got to get them both. Yeah. I I think, um, I think the key thing here is that we really don't know what, you know, his upside is in, in Detroit. And that's why we were all so excited about him at the start of the year, right? We were all stashing him, uh, in our leagues and, and, and getting him at the end of drafts. Uh, and it was because that point per game production he, he put up last year, even just an 11 game span, um, looked just so legit with the underlying numbers. And it was just an opportunity that we've been waiting for him to get for a really long time. Uh, and even with him moving to a team like Detroit, still really excited to see him get that added playing time and actually see some minutes in a top six and just be relied on to be uh, one of the team's primary scorers. So, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of really, again, just excited to see after that kind of eight-month tease um, exactly what Verona can offer here, still just 24 years old. So I, I think there's just so much upside here. And, again, we really – just don't know where that's going to end. So it's someone that you want to get in, uh, get in on now before uh, he kind of really takes off. Yeah. This is a guy you got to kind of hope that you're listening to this episode. I think uh, right away when it drops tomorrow morning, because after or two weeks goal, ago when we on, mentioned it or then, yeah, who would have known or just like, you know, every week. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, if you're going to grab him, it's definitely the time. Now they did announce that he was coming back quite late. I, th- I believe it was around like six ish, 6 PM. Um, our time so i don't whatever that is um which that's because <laughs> the red so, yeah, so people... writers don't actually cover the team and they just show up an hour before puck drop and follow at brock underscore segan on twitter you would have got the red wings lines and power play units from yesterday's practice and uh and the knowledge that he was probably returning tonight so probably though it wasn't 100 percent. so no i mean yeah it was game time yeah, no one the morning needed. Skate. people need that people need that uh, yeah, i was no there was the morning skate <laughs> Yeah, people need the... Uh, You're probably about uh, as close as the actual reporters. They need the 100%. <laughs> Brock also had the gold wear Red Wing sweater tonight, which is just wild. Honestly. Yeah, it's yeah. Yakabrana night, dude. Yeah, honestly, that's exactly, that was exactly <laughs> my sentiment when I put it on. I'm like, Verona debut? Putting it on. I played yeah, it with 100% your of my DraftKings lineups. He scored a goal. I'm fired up about Yakabrana being back. Um, okay, moving on here, a couple of Bruins players. So this is really interesting. The Bruins yeah. um, kind of been going through a bit of a funk, right? They they, they weren't playing their best hockey. Uh, then Marshawn got suspended <laughs> for six games. Marshawn comes back. They've been on a tear. Um, and, and really what has, has worked well for them is, one, Jeremy Swayman's playing unbelievable. Sure. He has been absolutely fantastic. Good. And the second thing is they moved Jake DeBrusque up to the top line. They moved Craig Smith to the third line with Coyle and Frederick. Coyle, Frederick, and Craig Smith have been 
Nails. An unbelievable third line. They're heavy, they're hard to play against, and they're scoring tons of goals. They've been um, they've been very, very effective. But just as important to that is the fact that Jake DeBrusque is on that top line, and he's been uh, ultra-productive for them as well. DeBrusque has picked up eight goals, including a hat-trick, two assists, ten points in his last nine games, playing uh, 15 and a half minutes per night. Over those nine games, he's averaging 3.1 shots per game as well. So, um, you know, we've seen DeBrusque be pretty streaky in the past, um, and, and I don't know how like long-term that of an ad this is. Um, we're also pretty late, right? Like, I mean, I've added him in my league a couple weeks ago, and Beebs, yeah. I know you did as well, but um, we're just going to keep talking about him until he is off that first line or he stops producing. It was um, crazy again. too. Like last week, people were dropping. He put up the Hattie. He had the three goals, one assist on Monday. Tuesday, he doesn't score, but still plays 18 minutes. Thursday doesn't score, but, you know, still has those minutes. And then he's just getting mega dropped. And then by the weekend, he scores again. And it's like, well, then he's getting back picked up. It's like, we got to have a longer shelf life on a guy like Jake DeBrusque here. Um, someone who's, you know, could do that. I mean, he's not going to score a hat trick every night, but he's still playing on the top line. Like you said, he's still in those positions to succeed. Um, two games with a couple donuts um, and a lot of ice is not a reason to drop someone like that. So um, personally, I'm glad I've hung on to him. But, yeah, I know. Uh, if he's there, definitely worth a snag or a peak. Playing yeah, both sides. Yeah, he's been a re- uh, really reliable goal scorer, and you know, considering his role that he's held, uh, I guess these first four or five years that he's been in the league, uh, and managing to kind of churn out fifteen to twenty goals, even obviously that second season when he popped up with twenty-seven goals. Um, so yeah, he's kind of always, you know, maybe warranted a little bit more run. The issue with that team, I think, is they've always been so top-heavy and you know, pretty rightfully so. Um, he's never really sniffed the top line with uh, Pasternak, Marshawn, and Bergeron being a thing. So, yeah, he's probably always warranted a little bit more playing time and uh, maybe a little bit better opportunity. I don't know if it was worth demanding a trade over. Um, but yeah. nonetheless, I, I think that he's just too intriguing in this spot, even though he's kind of flamed out ever since that, uh, his first game on the top line where he, he popped up at four points. So, uh Still, the, the bigger issue for me is they don't have the busiest schedule over the next few weeks. Uh, just three games this week, playing again on Thursday and Saturday. And then uh, next week, it kind of gets a little bit better, though. Again, just three games, but they play Tuesday night and then Wednesday and Friday. So you can definitely get a couple games out of them next week. But, um, you know, if you're looking at your, you know, if you're kind of in a do-or-die scenario and you're looking at your lineups this week and, um, you know, you don't really have a way to kind of fit them in, on Thursday and Saturday, or maybe it's kind of a toss up between him and someone else on your bench. I I really wouldn't hesitate to kind of cut the ropes here because it is sort of a, uh, there's a shelf life here um, to his productivity. Um, Cause you know, for better or worse, he's eventually going to come off that top line. And once he does um, yeah, that obviously the upside is just not going to be there. Yeah. And and, you know, this could be a classic case of, of showcasing as well, right? I mean, he's oh, demanded yeah. a trade. He he kind of wants out. He's made it known. The Bruins are certainly going to be buyers at the deadline, a team that's going to be looking to to add pieces and potentially make a, a bigger splash. We've heard some big names on the trade block. Uh, you know, maybe a, a Brock Besser or JT Miller type of player and, and Jake DeBrus could, you know, potentially be a piece in that deal. And when you move him up to the top line, playing with Patrice Bergeron and, and Brad Marchand, and he scores fucking eight goals in 10 games certainly helps his trade value a little bit. Um, yeah, Craig's- he's not the type of player you'd normally get back from a buyer at the deadline, right? Certainly no. a lot more NHL ready. And, and like I said, probably 
uh, warrants more of an op- opportunity and a bigger role than he's gotten in Boston to this point. So I think, you know, he's going to be a really intriguing trade chip in that regard, even though traditionally when a player requests the trade, it kind of diminishes their value a little bit because you're kind of playing uh, into the club's hand. But, yeah, for he's sure. Got, he's so he, much I was just going to say so much fun to own because every day you jump on and it's like he has a sick game and then you go on and it's like Jake DeBrus still wants to be traded. And it just like goes into how he, he re, re went at it about how he wants to be moved, even though he's playing well. So it's just, a, it's a total roller coaster every day when you look at his little player updates, um, <laughs> makes it a little more fun there. He, kind of hilarious. Like- I've never seen anything like it. A couple of the teams too that are, are looking to be sellers at the deadline, you know, like I, I just mentioned the Canucks, but you've also got kind of the, the Anaheim Ducks, and, and there's been rumors potentially about uh, the Bruins maybe being on in on a guy like Ricard Raquel. Um, and, and the Bruins and, and Ducks, while they're not like your traditional sellers, right? They're they're teams that are kind of still right on the edge of making the playoffs at this point in time, um, and, and teams that you know have a pretty good young core and and will be pretty solid in. in you know, next year and, and the year after that. So getting a guy like DeBrusque in a, in, in a trade with one of those teams makes a lot of sense for those teams kind of, you know, maybe not quite a lateral move, but close enough to where they can add a pick add a pretty good NHL player that can fit into their top six and kind of continue to move that rebuild along. So uh, interesting piece there for sure. Uh, Craig Smith is also, he's only 6% owned. So if you can't get uh, DeBrusque and you're in a much deeper league, Smith might be a guy worth looking at. Um, yeah. Craig. I don't really know what to make of this Craig Smith run um, because he was on the top line in DeBrusque's role pretty much for the last like <laughs> two months and couldn't do anything like very inconsistent. Um, now he has nine points, five goals, four assists in his last seven games playing 14 and a half minutes a night on the third line. So I don't know how he's just significantly better playing with Charlie Coyle and Trent Frederick than he was with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It seems um, not a little fishy Trent to me, there. but Craig Smith has always been a guy that you could go to for very reliable shot volume. He has 26 shots over those seven games, which is incredible volume for a guy playing under 15 minutes a night. So I'm not a huge buyer here, but if you're in a super deep league and, and you need some help and, and, you know, there's not a whole lot of guys available. Craig Smith is certainly an option for you right now. Yeah, kind of a bonkers stat. In the last 30 days, Craig Smith has the same amount of points as Miko Rantan, um, PLD, and actually has more points than Joe, Joe Pavelski and Steven Stamkos. So if you've had Craig Smith on your roster, you're getting better production than Steven Stamkos, which is nuts. Um, I, I I don't know. I, he, he's a guy who I think you can sneak by if you're in a super deep league grabbing him. Um, but I'm, I'm not rushing for him. But at the same time, I mean, production's there. Shots are there. Why not? We're talking about Mason Marchment. This guy's doing almost the opposite. He's getting the ice. He's getting the shots. He's just not over a point per game like Mason. But, you know, Craig's a nice ad. And I think people are going to look at those year-long stats, only 25 points in 50 games, and they're going to go, Psh, I don't like that. My team's better than that. But little do they know, Steven Stamkos like production, baby. Yeah, I, I think in, in deeper leagues, he's obviously <laughs> kind of where you would maybe look at him. Yeah, for sure. I, I, it'd have to be pretty deep, obviously, to be a long-term Spot ad. But I, I think next week and towards the end of this week, he's going to be a really um, relevant stream option because he does play um, this Sunday, I believe. Oh, no, sorry. Play, they play Monday. Um, and then – no, yeah. Sorry, what is the seventh? I'm <laughs> – they play they play thursday and saturday against but they do play against the blackhawks and the coyotes so two very cushy matchups there um for them but you know difficult streaming target days i think there's 
Uh, I know there's 10 games Saturday. I think there's like 12 games on Thursday. So it's going to be tough to fit him in your lineup. But, I mean, Chicago and Arizona, what more could you really ask for? Juicy. I mean, we, we talked about Arizona being an absolute offensive juggernaut, but they certainly can't keep the puck out of their own net. Uh, I just want to point out just a, a quick just to revisit what we opened the show with. Um, so the Red Wings have now given up eight goals to the <laughs> yep. Coyotes. Yeah, that's uh, a snowman. The, the, the Avalanche blew a 3 nothing. Was it 3 nothing? 3 nothing. yep. Jesper Bratt. They lost 5-3 to the Devils. Yep, Jesper um, Bratt. Nico Dawes beat them. Um, the Maple Leafs were also up 3 nothing or 3-1? Three 3-1. To three to one, and now three they're losing 4-3 to the Seattle Kraken. So not a good day for the boys. That's for sure. The term all we do is win does not apply today, but it does apply to our fantasy teams. That's the only thing that keep, that's keeping my fantasy spirit high right now because, like, otherwise, whew, that was ugly. Honest, watching Jesper Bratt just tear your team up, it's not it's, – it's fun, but, like, it's not fun. I, I have a pick. I have a pick me up for D. I know how to fix it here for Dylan. Next guy we're going to talk about is none other than Adam Henrique. Wins are eleven percent owned center left wing eligible. Uh, eight points, Dylan. Eight points, five goals, three assists in seven games since returning from injury, averaging over sixteen minutes a night, two point three shots on goal per game. You talked about him at the end of last week's episode. Go off. Yeah, I just you know. In terms of what you're going to find on the wire uh, at this point in the season, um, you got to love the opportunity. Uh, again, you have to look really short term here, though, at this point in the season. So the issue uh, with Henrique and the Ducks, they have just two games next week, and those games come on Tuesday and Thursday. Um, so it's going to be really hard to justify keeping him on your roster for the whole of next week. Uh, I'm really looking at him for the end of this week as a streamer. Again, if you can fit him into uh, your lineup on Thursday, kind of doubtful. I think it's another about 11 or 12 game slate, Brock. But then um, he does come back on Saturday against the Devils, um, which isn't as busy as a slate, and then Sunday against the Islanders. So you can pick him up this weekend, uh, get two games out of him. But again, it's going to be hard to justify holding on to him for those two games on just Tuesday and Thursday the following week. Um, So, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't blame you if you drop him, but um, yeah, he's got 25 points in 36 games this season. He's just been really, really reliable. Um, still seeing a ton of ice, as you mentioned, Brock Schill, shooting the puck almost three times a game. Um, and we were on this line a lot at the start of the season. Anaheim, uh, well, I guess it was him and Getzlav at the time. Uh, but still, yeah, and until he got hurt, he was um, really off to one of the best starts that he's ever had in his career, which is really uh, saying something at this point. So, uh, yeah, I just think he's a, he's a really good option off the wire if you can fit him into your lineup. Um, but again, it's going to be really hard to justify keeping them on your roster next week when they have just those two games on Tuesday and Thursday. So don't hesitate to drop them, but I still think he can be uh, a really big help through the rest of this week and over the weekend. Yeah. Pretty crazy with seven power play points, not necessarily known as a power play guy per se. Um, his seven this year, you know, it just overshadows last year's two total, um, but yeah, no, you love to see that. And certainly someone that you can plug and play, um, like you said, you know, on some heavy days this week. But if you can plug and play him, uh, even later on in the year in the playoffs, this is definitely a sneaky, a sneaky ad, as we put it. Well, uh, I think the one thing that makes him pretty sneaky, too, is I just got finished talking about how the Ducks are probably going to be sellers and moving on from maybe guys like Ricard Raquel, right? That's just going to open up a little bit more opportunity, whether it be on the power play or, you know, just an extra couple of minutes here and there at 5v5 uh, for a guy like Adam Henrique, who's probably not going to be moved. So um, the extra couple of minutes a night for a team that, you know, has enough 
firepower to still score goals down the stretch. And as I mentioned, I mean, when you take a look at the standings, um, they're not out of the picture by any stretch, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's Dallas, Nashville, Anaheim and Vancouver kind of in Edmonton kind of all lumped together. there, fighting for those last couple uh wild card spots. So the ducks are still in it. And, uh, and, and you know, they're down six, one to Chicago at the moment, but Henrique is going to play a big part of them, you know, trying to push towards the playoffs. It's, it's very unlikely they're going to get in, but I mean, it's worth a shot. Brock Keller just scored the ninth goal for Arizona. Very nice. Very nice. So they, they, they are just incredible. Um, yeah. I don't know what, what's going on there. Like, obviously I think just Phil Kessel said he, he's having a baby and the boys They're are doing just this for Phil fired up. Yeah. Like Phil, we're going to fill the net with, t- we're, we're putting up a 10 spot, Phil. We're doing it for right. you. And I think context important, Brock. And it's, it is important to note here that they are playing the Red Wings. So. Yeah, it's very important to, to know. Um, I, I think the one thing that's most important is, is that D, you were able to to battle through and talk about Adam Henrique for 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 minutes, yeah. while Beam slipped on an Adam Henrique Devils jersey backwards. I'm just surprised Which, it's not a Spitz jersey, to be honest with you. I, that's I, what I thought he was I getting wish, when he got up boys. to put the jersey on. I'm like, this is for sure a Spitz jersey, but it turns out to be a Henrique Devils jersey, which is Stanley an incredibly Cup ridiculous own. But, I uh, that cup, he's right? a Windsor alert. He's like a he's a he's a Windsor no, legend. No, they didn't. They lost that cup. They did lose the cup. He basically they, they rode him the whole way, and then uh, yeah, and then they lost to the Kings. absolute Windsor legend and alert. Um, toss the jersey on backwards because if I put on the Devils jersey forward, I knew for sure you guys were gonna be like, "Who the fuck does he have?" It's just funny to put on a Devils jersey right after we got finished saying they beat your Avalanche, but oh, it hurt. Yeah, <laughs> nonetheless, yeah, the Devils. They're good. No, Dawson Mercer. You want to talk yeah. about Dawson oh. Mercer? Or Nico Heischer. Yeah, um, Nico Heischer and Dawson Mercer. Not really who I was going to next on this list, but it's I'm down sure. for it. Uh, what Dawson Mercer coming in. I'm having a hard time following you, so I'm just guessing at this I'm, point. I'm on the same page. Each name he says, I'm like, yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> I sorted them probably I differently to put on their jerseys. I, I had them alphabetically when I sent them to you guys by team. Now they're by own percentage. I do apologize for that. Uh, but Dawson Mercer coming into tonight had five goals, five assists, ten points in his last ten games. Um, and then tonight he had, I believe just one assist. Yes. He had one short handed assist. Um, he played this is an open netter. Stay with me. Netter. Stay with me here. He had five shots on goal, uh, two blocks, 18 and a half minutes, one assist for Dawson Mercer. Ooh. The thing here with Dawson Mercer is great start to the season. We were talking about him a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, I think he's officially a friend of the show. If you make it on five podcasts and you're 6% owned, that, that makes you a friend of the show. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Because we were talking about him when the third line at the start of the season was Jesper Bratt, Dawson Mercer, Andreas Janssen. And you just absolutely love to see how the the kind of growth from where we first mentioned Jesper Bratt to where he is now, it, it's just outstanding. Um, but that's kind of when we started talking about Dawson Mercer as well. Now Dawson Mercer has kind of shifted to the wing and he's playing on the top line with Jack Hughes. It's been about, you know, 10-ish games. I think it's, tonight was the eighth game um, or ninth game. So, you know, in his last 10, he has 10 points, uh, 11 in his last 11 now. So, um, again, deeper league. Dynasty League, Keeper League target for sure. Uh, looks like a real player. Center left wing eligible, playing with Jack Hughes. Also seeing power play time. Seeing a pl- plenty of minutes now that he's been moved up. That was his issue before. Probably playing around 14 minutes a night in the third line. Now over 16 minutes a night with Jack Hughes, who's been outstanding this season. Yeah, I, w- I would you know certainly be looking to stash him in, in Keeper Leagues. Um, you got to love what we've seen out of him to this point. Again, you know, certainly didn't warrant rostering him over the course of the season. Much of that comes down to ice time. 
um, an opportunity. But yeah, 33 points in 56 games as a 20 year old, um, 97 shots in those games, playing 60 minutes a night. So yeah, it just bodes really well uh, in terms of how that forecasts and projects over the next few seasons uh, when you kind of hold it up to um, similar players and of age and and uh, yeah, stature, not stature, but uh, I guess pedigree is the word I'm looking for. So. Uh, yeah, looking looking really good for Mercer in terms of what he might be able to offer a year or two down the line. Uh, and it could be a whole lot sooner than that if he does, um, you know, end up playing, as you said, Brock, tonight, 18 minutes a night. That's kind of really what we're looking for for Mercer because every time he does seem to get that uptick in minutes, the shot volume uh, tends to go up with it. So, um, yeah, certainly one to watch throughout the end of this season and uh, next season for sure, kind of throughout training camp, seeing where the Devils um, line him up because I, I really do think that there's a lot of upside here if he can eventually kind of make his way out on that top line. Yeah, this is a guy who played World Juniors, um, so there's definitely some flash and flair there. Um, not uh, not to, to to go more off uh, Dawson Mercer, but a quick shout out. Um, currently injured today, but I, I did mention him going in. I want to mention Nico Heischer. This is a guy who's just been crazy um, in his last eight games or eleven games before the injury, eight goals. And six assists, 31 shots on net for almost three shots a game. Um, that's 14 points in 11 games. And may I, may I remind everyone that was eight goals there. That's just elite production from Nico Heischer. And he, apparently he's been doing it while injured. They said that his injury that kept him out tonight was just a lingering one. Um, and that helps Dawson move up the lineup. We'd love to see that. So if you could kind of, you know, pay attention to what's going on in, in Jersey, um, both of these guys are almost plug and play guys that you can fit in at some point if you're in basically a 12 team league or less. Um, so yeah, so definitely keep an eye on these guys. The devils are an issue and I watched them, you know, do it to Colorado tonight. So. Yeah, when he sure is healthy too, he's playing with our boy Yes so Brat, and that line's been really, really good. So uh, he can he should continue to be productive so good long as he's playing with Yes Brat, top power play unit as well. Um, issue with him has always been health, and <laughs> we're kind of talking about that again right now. But when he's in the lineup, certainly uh, very productive. Okay, uh, a couple just super quick mentions here before we head on our way. Uh, last week, you kind of closed the show out with a, a Connor Brown mention, D. Uh, 10% owned. He has coming into tonight. I don't know what he's done tonight, but he had 11 points in his last 15 games uh, coming into tonight. The crazy thing for him is uh, he's playing over 21 minutes per game over that stretch, <laughs> averaging 2.6 shots per game. The shot volume has actually increased even more in, in recent games, um, kind of bouncing around the lineup. Uh, for me, he he's still kind of a guy that you can just kind of plug and play here and there so long as Drake Batherson's still out of the lineup. I think when, once Batherson's it back in the lineup, he'll probably eat into those minutes a little bit because at this moment in time, Connor Brown's like legitimately their only right-wing option on the entire team. Uh, after him, it's like Tyler Ennis, Adam Godet, and Austin Watson. So uh, there's not really a whole lot, maybe some Zach Sanford, but you get the picture. There's not really a whole lot of right-wing. <laughs> you're, not that, as, it, like, it, you're not it, helping that case. team. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, basically it's like, Hey, we need a right winger on the first, second, third or fourth line. Connor Brown, you got to go be that guy. Um, tonight again, like I said, nothing. Um, they play Thursday and Saturday, which is going to be very difficult to stream him. Um, it is against Seattle and against Chicago. So, I mean, maybe, but overall he's probably somebody that, you know, on your off days, you can maybe fit him in, but cause you know, he's going to play a ton and, and if they score, he's probably going to factor in at some capacity, but uh, D your guy again here, anything else to add on? Yeah, that, that's really what he is, right? Like he's the quintessential spot start. Um, it is like 20 to 25 minutes of Ottawa senators ice time, but it is still, you know, ice time up front nonetheless. 
Um, and the really nice thing to see, as you pointed out, Brock, is that shot volume just continue to climb. So I, I think I've added and dropped him like two or three times in the last two weeks alone. And, and that's certainly the mindset to have here. Cause uh, yeah, like when, you know, when you're kind of top 100 guys that you have on your roster, you know, you, you're uh, full fledged roster guys. Um, when push comes to sub, you're obviously going to bench Brown ahead of them. So I, I'm never going to hesitate to drop him when kind of my roster indicates that that's what we need to do. Um, and again, this is one of those weeks where it's going to be tough to fill, fit him into your lineup, but next, next week, week becomes, is perfect. Exactly. He becomes probably the best uh, streaming target of the week. So yeah, just finding a forward that's going to play 22 minutes a night. And then next week can offer you games on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, Not to really mention against them, Arizona, yeah. Columbus, and Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just a really nice schedule for uh, next week in particular. But yeah, anytime like you need to fit an extra game into your lineup, uh, like really one of the safest bets you can make, just because if you're gonna uh, bet on you know some random guy off the free agent wire to pick you up a, a point, why not bet on the guy that's gonna be out there for half the game? So, literally half the game, he, he he's wild. But yeah, yeah, Arizona on Monday, Columbus on Wednesday, Philadelphia on Friday, and then if he has three nice games, you might as well leave him in your lineup in Montreal on Saturday. What a schedule that is next week. Uh, my strength of schedule article comes out on Mondays. He's him and the Ottawa centers almost certainly to be at the top of the list next week. Um, okay. I think this might be the official friend of the show uh, episode for Trevor Moore as well. 9% oh, owned left 100%. wing, right wing, probably already a friend of the show. Speaking of ice time, he's not quite on the Connor Brown 21 minutes and night level, but 17 minutes a night. Uh, dating back to basically the middle of January here, his last 17 games, he has 15 points, five goals, 10 assists, 45 shots on goal, averages out to 2.7 shots per game. Uh, a little bit of concern here is that Victor Arvidsson is hurt, um, not on the road trip with the Kings, so probably going to miss some time. I do have a little bit of concern on how good that line is going to be without Vic. But, uh, you know, kind of a, a wait and see approach here with Trevor Moore. But again, um, he's still mostly just a deeper league target, but the production has been reliable. It has been consistent. It has been terrific. There's just uh, there's just a whole lot to like about friend of the show now, Trevor Moore. Yeah. Also, just quick, quick mention here. Three games for the rest of this week. It is Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, but the Thursday, Saturday are both against the San Jose Sharks. So you got Zach Sachenko, you got Alex Stalock. I, I, unless Maybe Aiden just Hill a comes back, but regardless, there. those are two nice, nice matchups. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's good to be noted there that Brock's good enough friends with Victor Arvidsson to refer to him as Vic, but not enough good enough friends with Trevor Moore. <laughs> to call him trev yet so maybe you'll get to that point soon brock um but no trevor moore even surprising the tim hortons hockey challenge always in the third slot he's he's an absolute must play um <laughs> which is which is great um but no he, he's been he, it's hilarious because uh d and i are in a league and this guy hasn't been available for four weeks i think um he's just been well, owned by someone which is crazy because we're like what the hell i, 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 pr- I have him currently bees and i just have a hard time dropping him i'll probably let him go after this weekend um saturday too there's only 10 games on saturday i mean only it's relatively small slate for saturday so there's actually a decent chance that you can fit him in uh for that second game against the sharks so uh yeah just another guy that if you can ever fit him into your lineup like why not with how he's playing right now how many minutes he's getting how that line's playing uh and how he's shooting the puck uh yeah he's kind of been kind of one of the unsung fantasy heroes this season definitely over the second half because he just kind of won't won't go away 
just won't Trev just won't go away. So uh, classic Trev. Dylan Strom is next, six percent owned. Uh, okay, coming into tonight, he had 19 points in his last 22 games, nine goals, ten assists, 2.2 shots per game, averaging over 17 minutes per game. Uh, I believe he has at least two or three points already tonight as well, if I'm not mistaken. They put up like six goals in the first period against the Ducks. Uh, yeah, he's got a goal and an assist tonight. So that gives him 10 goals, 11 assists in his last 23 games. Um, we were a little bit hesitant with Dylan Strome because basically up until like a month ago, it seemed like the Blackhawks just hated the guy. Like yeah. he would, he'd play like three games on the top line and be pretty good. And then they would be like, okay, now you're on the fourth line. And then he would do nothing. Cause obviously, and then he'd be scratched. So we were like, okay, like, yeah, he's on the top line, but like in w- one game, he's going to be playing with Jujar Kyra. And then in the next game, he's going to be in the press box. Hasn't been the case. They have really shown a willingness now to keep him on that top line, at least with just Patrick Kane tonight. It was both Kane and to they had like five goals in the first period, all from that line. And yeah. there's a whole lot to like here about Dylan Strom, who is under 7% owned. I don't know why I said under 7 instead of just saying 6, but he's very available. <laughs> You're selling him. <laughs> four goals, seven assist, or seven points in his last four games. He's great. Like you said, currently playing first PP. Um, and while he's lining up next to Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinkat, you could skate like Brock and you're going to put up a, a point per game on that line. Um, so I would be under 7% owned. <laughs> yo, you would be negative 7% owned. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how that would work, but, um, but yeah, no, Dylan Strom's definitely a guy who I think a lot of people aren't going to look at right now. Um, because just this, the year long numbers, um, but you, if you can add him right away, grab him while he's hot, grab him while he's on that line, this could be a guy as playoffs roll around, you might be able to hang on him for a couple of weeks if he keeps doing this. Um, yeah, I've seen it before. Uh, again, yeah, the issue with him in terms of as just you know, where just he's at age and target, and yeah, and the schedule, right? They play Thursday, Saturday, um, this week, so again, gonna be tough. Maybe you can fit him in on Saturday, uh, and then they turn around next week, have just three games. Uh, play on Tuesday against the Bruins. So again, going to be tough to fit them in. Uh, but then probably next weekend is when I, I might look to move for him if he's still sitting as low as he is. Uh, so yes, that ownership should be uh, sitting a little bit higher than uh, six or under 7% as, as Brock put it. Um, <laughs> but if, if it doesn't climb and hopefully it doesn't, because like I said, you're really not going to get a whole lot of usage out of him over the Two next week and a half. Though. It's yeah. It's next weekend when they finish up with the Saturday schedule in Minnesota, not the best, but then Winnipeg on Sunday at home. Um, so that's when I would really be looking to go after Dylan Strom at this point. Cause again, the Blackhawks, unfortunately just not the most, uh, streaming friendly schedule over the next week and a half. Even if you look past that, it doesn't get much better. They do play Wednesday in Anaheim, but then Thursday, Saturday as yeah. well. So moving forward, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get him in your lineup, but if you're in a deeper league, uh, certainly somebody worth going after. Um, and speaking of deeper leagues, probably dynasty, keeper leagues more so than anything but nick robertson i think is worth a little bit of a shout um to me he was more or less just a really good streaming option for this week again if you take a look at my strength of schedule that i post each week for the week ahead the maple leafs did have the easiest schedule this week they had four games um they played columbus they played seattle again tonight thursday they got the coyotes and sunday they've got the uh, the Sabres. So just four cushy, cushy matchups. 
Um, and, and Nick Robertson, very nice streaming target this week. But if you're in super deep leagues, I mean, I think it's always worth mentioning the fact that he's just the brother of <laughs> A friend of the show jason robertson just an absolute superstar um so the bloodlines run strong here with nick um injury concerns throughout his entire career to this point was a second round pick he had eight points in nine ahl games this year before they finally recalled him um and it didn't take him long only two or three games with with, with spetsa and simmons to get the bump up with uh tavares and nylander obviously it, it came at the expense of an andre cash injury um uh, shocking but uh, with Cash back in the lineup tonight, Robertson stuck with Tavares and Nylander. I don't think he did anything. Um, but in, in super deep leagues and keeper leagues, he's somebody worth keeping an eye on. D, obviously, as a resident Leafs fan, know a little bit more about him. But he, uh, you know, the bloodlines, as I say, run strong. And he's under 4% owned right now. Yeah, certainly. I don't think you can really pay him any attention in redraft leagues at this point, unfortunately. Uh, again, not to harp on the schedule too much, but it does, it, it, you really do have to look at it at this point of the season. Uh, at least play obviously tonight, Tuesday, and then again, Thursday, Sunday this week. So maybe Sunday, but again, you're looking at spots starting a guy that's probably going to play 10 or 11 minutes. So even if he's playing on that second line, which is obviously a really nice spot for him, uh, he's just not getting any of those extracurricular minutes. Uh, and he it definitely is getting rotated off um, at, for some defensive shifts as well. So, um, and then, yeah, next week they pick right back up with another Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday schedule. So in redraft leagues, it's really tough to recommend Robertson, but certainly uh, in keeper leagues, um, just with the nature of how that team is built, there's going to be a lot of turnover from year to year. So I don't think it's going to be too long uh, before Robertson really gets uh, an extended look and an extended run in the top six. They've been pretty careful with how they brought him along to this point. Um, I think they think a lot higher of him in-house still than really anyone else does. Uh, outside of the organization so it'll be interesting to see how he comes along to finish the season kind of heading into next year because that's kind of might be the first time when we can really start to look at him as a legitimate option in redrafts because yeah it's tough to even recommend him as uh, a streamer when he's only playing like i said 10 11 12 minutes a night uh just want to mention that the stats that i gave for dylan strom about one minute ago are already outdated outdated he scored another, another goal he has, three, he has three points on the night two goals and an assist. So Dylan Strom and his skinny legs are in fuego. <laughs> as, Don't forget. Who thought this guy plays for Zona? Yeah, but uh, very, very yeah. – that team, man, they put up a nine spot on the Red Wings night. Thankfully, they, didn't get double thankfully digits. they didn't get to double digits. The Red Wings did not give up 10 goals twice in like the span of a week. Uh, that would have, I would have had to probably burn the sweater. That would have been something. Just when you think they're turning a corner – just back-to-back 10 spots right. against the Leafs. I'd be like, okay, it's fine. You know, it was 10, seven. It was a football score losing nine to two to the Arizona Coyotes. Tough that luck. stings. That leaves, uh, that one hurts. But yeah. Um, hey, at least, you know, it was the special power of Phil Kessel's baby. They told me yeah, a goal for every pound that that baby was. Cause there's no I way Phil's not having a good size. I blame yeah, Matt Murray, uh, for basically just giving them all the confidence in the world, just giving up eight to them on Saturday afternoon. So he, he so basically, like Ottawa, started, he basically started the party here. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just like Ottawa scapegoat, Matt Murray, put him yeah. on waivers <laughs> when he shouldn't be. He was just hurt after that game. Like gave up eight, played the whole game. Then he was hurt. So, is he guy hasn't even been that bad, but yeah, no, I know be he's been really injury. good since coming back from the AHL. I'd but... be faking an injury too. If Zona's putting up that many goals. I mean, yeah. You, Nadelkovich... you gotta... <laughs> is going to be on waivers in the morning, probably. Or the IR. One of the two. There's no <laughs> in between. <laughs> 
the Red Wings waved Danny DeKaiser yesterday. Nobody claimed him, and then he went on, on his on birthday. I- and then he went on IR today, which was like so ridiculous. It's on like, his birthday. If somebody claims him. Like, what happens there? Like, he's hurt. <laughs> That's why <laughs> you guys gave up nine. You waved the guy on his fucking birthday. Like, he's like yeah, a ten year vet. He's lucky he didn't get waived three years ago. So he should be happy he yeah, been he, cashing them checks this whole time. He should not be a ten year vet. I don't agree. don't pay him five he's million dollars shit. a year. Don't <laughs> pay him he's five. He's for million. sure not a friend of the show. Sorry, Danny. I mean, if you ever want to come on, we'd love to open arms. But... <laughs> Got six months. This has got to be the only time in seven years that Danny DeKaiser's been mentioned. But uh, you guys have anybody else to, to mention here before we, we head out? Uh, no, I couldn't imagine a better place <laughs> to leave off than Danny DeKaiser. No, Perfect. quick, quick, quick shout out to Brock Nelson. 21 goals this year, 18% owned. Keep an eye on him. Classic end of season Brock. Not like Brock on the show. Brock Nelson finishes the year hard. It's done. I mean, our Brock does that too. But no, I'm pretty fatigued by March. It's yeah. like, man, we're working seven days a week since October. I'm ready to go. Piece of meat with zero energy. Give me, give me the, <laughs> give me the golf season. But uh, just a preview, just to let you guys know. Um, again, you know, hopefully you guys pull off lots of good trades. Uh, make some nice waiver wire pickups. Hopefully, Believe the you. you know thousands of people still listening to the show are all still going, going to the playoffs, going to win championships, going to win money. Next week, a little bit of a different flair. We're going to take a, a, a real hard look at goalies. Um, and we're going to bring on Daily Faceoff's own Mike McKenna, former NHL goalie, to talk about uh, some of the, the more um, interesting points in, the, in, bet- in between the pipes in the NHL, whether it be the Leafs struggles, whether it be uh, who's really going to lead the crease in, 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 in places like Washington and Minnesota. All those things, we're going to tackle them with Mike McKenna. Um, Dylan's going to take the day off because he hates goalies. But uh, Beebs, myself, Mike McKenna will be uh, bringing you one next week to talk about some goaltending. And then, uh, yeah, we're yeah. basically here to, to guide you up to and through the playoffs. So thank you guys as always uh, for tuning in. And uh, see you guys here next week. If you're debating not listening to the episode, this is the same guy who called Chicago's goaltending being shit. So tune in. He did. He said, do not pick Marc-Andre Fleury in fantasy. <laughs> Wrestled to the throne, now I'm back on my crowd I took a trip to the borderlands And I dashed my head in some upstream Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.